We're going to be talking about a couple, three very important principles over the next couple of weeks. We're going to be talking about praying for one another. We're going to talk about praying for our families today, praying for our friends. And then next week, we're going to talk about how going deeper in our friendships with one another as Christians uh, can help us stay on the right path. You know, there, people say there are safety in numbers, and that's not necessarily true. There is safety in numbers if your numbers are filled with friends who love Jesus. That's true. And then the final week of our series, we're going to finish up talking about how important it is that we stay connected and rooted in his church. Man, it's, it, it's really important. It's so important for us to stay rooted in our churches, in this church. It's so important. We're going to talk about important things to pray over our families. We're going to talk about how godly friendships not only strengthen us, but sometimes even save us. Hmm? And then, like I said, you know, there are a lot of people who are, who are doing what Paul Simon uh, sings about, slip sliding away from the church. And uh, we're going to talk about how important it is that we establish strong roots in our church to really get rooted in the church where God placed us. Because I'll tell you what, it's so dangerous to not be rooted in your church. Our destiny depends on our connection to our church. Your destiny depends upon the connection that God has, has put, put you in, in your local church, wherever you're watching this from. That's so true. So today we're going to start out this series, Family Ties, uh, today, and we're going, to talk about, we're going to talk about praying over our families, praying uh, over our families. Uh, there, is a, there is a praying for friends and family plan in, in the scriptures. And when I was putting this message together, it, it made me begin to think about a puzzle. And a puzzle, let's just pretend, is, is a living puzzle. And the puzzle represents your, your kids, my kids, my family, your family, fulfilling the will of God for their lives from start to finish. And the pieces of this puzzle uh, have to be put in place. And uh, there is a passage of Scripture I want to look at just for a few minutes from one of the prayers that Paul prays and instructs us to pray uh, in one of the letters that he wrote. There are some great prayers that Paul prays. They're great. It's a great study in and of itself. But I want us to focus for a couple minutes on one of those prayers this morning, and it's found in the letter he wrote to the Colossian believers. And so we will see as we read it that he doesn't mention anything about God guiding our kids to a, a, a location geographically. There isn't anything in the prayer that mentions uh, praying about someone's economic status being elevated. Anything like that. But there are these more important, bigger things that are mentioned. And I believe that we are finding out what God wants us to pray when we pray for our kids, when we pray for our family, when we pray for our church family, when we pray for our friends, by looking, it, looking at this prayer and, 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 and hearing God's voice from the living word of God as we read it. So would you stand with me one more time? We're going to go to Colossians chapter 1, 
and uh, we're going to start in verse number nine. And I would like you, if you would, if you'd like to, you don't have to, but if you'd like to, uh, I love to hear the word of God spoken in the house of God. So would you join and read this with me, starting in verse nine? For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So now we can never say, I don't know what to pray about. There you go. There's a mouthful right there. There's a treasure chest of things to pray over our kids, over our spouses, over our families, over our church family. Would you join me in prayer this morning as we get into God's word together? Heavenly Father, we know that you are on the throne. You are the sovereign over the land and the sea, the earth, the sky, the birds of the air, the fish in the sea, and the peoples of the earth. All nations, all kings, all powers in heaven and on earth are under your sovereign rule. And we thank you that you have sovereignly declared that you would build your church and the gates of death, the gates of hell, the plots and schemes and strategies of the enemy would not be able to prevail against what you do in the world through all ages in the name of Jesus, by the gospel, the power of the Spirit, and the people of God. So we pray today that this would be another one of those times where people would be changed by the words of the living God, by the fellowship of the saints, and more importantly, the invasion of the Holy Spirit into our domain, into our circumstance, into our hearts, into our lives, because we need heaven to move in our life here today. Many of us need to hear from you, need to be encouraged, need to be pointed in the right direction. Some of us need to be rescued from the clutches uh, and strategies that might bind us that no one knows of. So I pray you'd help us today, Holy Spirit. We need you, and we believe you're going to do it. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. 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 Could we go back to slide two, verse nine? Slide two, verse nine. We're in the book of Colossians, great book. I call it the meat and potatoes letter from Paul to the church because it really is. It really is. It's a great study. For this reason, these people have come to a faith in Jesus Christ that was real. And the times in which they lived uh, uh, were very uncertain. A lot of struggle, a lot of persecution. And there was a lot of false teaching going about in the name of Jesus. And people were very unsettled about what to believe. And so Paul says, I know you have a real faith. I know you love God, and I know you love others. And I know Jesus is first in your life for that reason. That's the, that's the back verses. For that reason, since the day I heard about that, here's the first thing I want to talk about regarding praying for our family. Don't stop. Paul said, we have not ceased to pray for you. 
not ceased, not stopped. The very most important thing you and I can do when it comes to pray is pray and not stop. But here's the thing. In the world in which we live, with all the circumstances that shake, all the things that rise up and things that break down, all the confusion, all the turmoil, all the criticism, all the skepticism, all the cynicism that runs rampant in our day, all of the issues you face in your life, all of the hopes and dreams that sometimes seem to never come to pass, can press so hard even on a believer that you can actually begin to believe or wonder, does it even matter? Is it even working? Where is God? Have you ever had a great Sunday morning service and met Satan at the front door of your house after it was over? Huh? Right? I'm not meaning a person. I'm just meaning, you know, you thought it was, you know, you hit the home run service and you thought, hell, it's all going to be better from here. Then your car breaks down on the way home. You get there and someone broke in your front door. I mean, and it just, and that's just the good parts. And it goes on, right? You know, you thought this is where our marriage turns for the better. And then all that you're thinking, why am I? Anyway, right? And, and you can think, and you can think. And, and, and in the natural, in the natural, it's so easy to make prayer the last thing we do instead of the first thing we do. And it's so easy to, to wonder and, and start to believe does it even matter? Here's what Paul says. I have not ceased to pray for you. Now, if I'm going to have a life where I have a never quit praying approach, I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need some major help. We're going to talk about some of that help next week and the following week, but today, individually, let me tell you about the best help God offers us. He offers to us the person of the Holy Spirit who will grace our lives to, to when we're ready to quit, to never give up. Huh? He will grace our lives to when we, when we think, I can't pray. What's the point? I pray and it's worse. I pray and they get worse. I pray in the circumstances. Paul says, I have not ceased to pray for you. The hardest thing sometimes, I told my, my son Devin this a very long time ago. I said, prayer is like chopping down a tree. Now, it's easy to go out in your yard and there's a little tiny twig, and you take your axe, one, and it's down. But if you think you're going to drop a big, gigantic oak tree with one swing, you're going to get frustrated really quickly. Me and my buddies, back before I was a Christian, and they, some of them still aren't, we got the bright idea to go out in the woods and find the biggest oak tree we could find and chop that baby down. We figured we'd do that in about 10 minutes and be on our way to the next adventure. Hours later, we're still hitting that thing, man. And, and you're like, I mean, you, you see it where you think, that thing's never going to fall. And some of my friends had that Eeyore anointing. Yeah, it's never going to happen, that kind of thing. But you know what? We chopped, and we chopped, and we chopped, and I'd get tired. My friend would take over. They'd get tired. Another one would take over. We had three or four of us, and we just kept on going. You know what? Eventually, man, we hit that thing, and that tree 
I mean, probably about a 40-foot tall tree. We never thought it might have been owned by someone or that we were on somebody's land. Oh, this is live stream. I hope my face looks different. They'll never know. Anyway, <laughs> that thing went down. And I mean, when it went down, it took trees with it. It, I mean, it cleared, it cleared it out. I mean, it went down, and it was the most marvelous, amazing, cool-looking thing we ever saw at that point in our life because we hadn't seen much in our life. We were raised in Western Maryland. So we saw this tree go down, man. And I mean, we just started like, ah, well, it's the coolest thing ever. Here's the point. No matter how big, no matter how solid, God, the Holy Spirit, wants to come right up beside you, Mom, Dad, parents, church family, and say, you chop, I'll bring it down. Never cease to pray. When you feel like you can't pray anymore, you might be right at the brink of the last chop. You might be. You might, it might be the very next one. When we were chopping that tree down, it didn't look like, right before the final blow, we didn't think it was the final blow. And then that thing went down. One of my friends said, timber, baby. We didn't say baby, it said something else. But anyway, it went down. It went down, man. Never cease praying, no matter what it looks like. I mean, no matter what your kid is telling you, or what they're not telling you, or what they're doing, or what they're not doing. What's happening in your marriage? What's not happening in your marriage? Never quit praying. I can't promise you that everything will turn out the way you want it to from praying. But here's what I know. Everybody who experiences a miracle from God, every person that tells a testimony about God doing something amazing in their life, they always say it always comes from not just, but prayer is always a huge component in it, always. For this reason, I never cease to pray. And what do I pray? I ask the Lord to fill you with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You know what that means? Paul says, God, when I pray for the people that already believe in you, when I pray for people that don't know you yet, I pray that there would be an experience that takes place in their life that it's a filling and it's a filling of what? It's a filling of a kind of knowledge that's beyond intellect. God never tells us to leave our brain at the door when we go to church or live our lives. But this kind of filling is beyond an intellectual understanding. It is an awakening of the spirit and the soul in the life of a person where they, as if God never existed, all of a sudden they have an experience of some kind, an accumulation of experiences that bring them to a point where they are stopped in their tracks. And it's not because mom wants them to go, dad wants them to follow, the church is saying that, the preacher's preaching that. You know what? There is not a sermon I can pull out of anywhere that can change your son, change your daughter, change your life, change my life, make our church become anything. But there is a person who can take a message from God, a circumstance in life, 
And it can be the one thing in the one moment after all the accumulation of things where that person that you thought they're never going to get it, they're never going to answer the phone, they're never going to come to their senses, and in one last chop, there is a fulfillment in their soul of an awakening that God lives and God loves and God has a plan and a purpose for them and they come into a place of a different kind of wisdom and a different kind of understanding and they begin to walk in a different kind of way, right? And there are many people that have yet to come into what you're in, what I'm in, and you know what? We have to pray and we have to keep praying. Mom, don't stop. Dad, Don't stop praying for your kid. And even after they become a believer. Verse 10, the next slide. Even after your family comes into the camp of Jesus, pray that they walk in a manner, look at this, worthy of the Lord. That means, what's that look like? It means they please him in all respects. It means that their life begins to bear fruit with these good works that God has created before they were ever born to do. And then as they do those things and as they keep walking, their experiential knowledge of God. Now that doesn't mean they're not in the scriptures. Because you can't experience God the way God wants you to experience him outside of a scriptural, biblical understanding. But with that biblical understanding comes a working of the Spirit where you know the one that you're reading about, where you know the one that's talking to you from the word. And it increases as you go. On the other side of go, there's a whole lot more no. That's true. Verse 11, and that they get strengthened with all power. What kind of power? According to his glorious might, so that they can attain steadfastness and patience. That means you stay with it, You stay with it in the hard times. Listen, there's never been a generation like now, and I don't say this to put anybody down. I do not. It troubles my heart. It burdens my heart. For the youth of this generation right now who who are being so crushed by circumstances and situations that they're going through, and they, don't, and they can't stay steadfast in it. And not only they're not staying steadfast, they're falling way off, way back, way down. And we can pray. Listen, we can pray. Listen, we can pray. We need to pray that our, that our believing sons and daughters, that our, that our soon-to-become-believing sons and daughters will have a power that's beyond their own, It's according to his glorious might so they can attain steadfastness so that whatever comes their way, they won't crumble, but their faith will get concrete. And also that they have patience. You know what patience is? Patience is is waiting on the elevator that God is promising to bring to your life to take you up, to take you on, to move you forward. A lot of times it doesn't come right away. A lot of times it doesn't come this month, next month. It takes time for the ways and the will of God to unfold. And in those times of waiting is a, is a time of vulnerability for our kids. 
Where you, the, you, for the, I, I'll wait on the right person, the right mate to come into my life. I'll wait for a while. And then it gets long and long and lonely and lonely and lonely and empty. And everybody else is going to the dance. And everybody else is, uh, you know, and there you are. Your Valentine's Day was you and your dog, right? Right? Someone said, well, that, I, don't date, I don't date him anymore, so he's gone. But anyway... Um, You know, it's better to be godly and alone than to be wooed into the ways of ungodliness, being yoked up with somebody. And a lot of times you need patience and power because what God wants for every one of our kids and our families is verse 12, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So you can live a life of joy in the Lord right now. But listen, how many of you know we have not, we're not home yet. We're not home yet, are we? And it's about crossing the finish line. And it's about crossing the finish line victoriously. And it's about crossing the finish line and looking to your right and your left and there's your kids there's your spouse, there's your parents, there are your friends, there's the person that you sat with every week and ministered with in the church, and there we all are. What a day that will be. How does that happen? Well, there's a lot of reasons that that happens, but one of the most important is this. Somebody prays. Somebody prays. Um, this series is called Family Ties. And I have a surprise for you. You know, many of you have watched Family Ties back in the day. I have a special guest that's here this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael J. Fox. Anyway, no. <laughs> I have a brother-in-law. I have a few of them. I have a brother-in-law who's a brother in the Lord, someone that I've known since he was in high school. I was in college and and uh, I've watched his life for so long. He means everything to me, and I can't go into all that or I'll cry, and then he won't even be able to come up and talk. But it's Tim Morton. And uh, I asked him, I was putting this series together a month ago, and I said, you know, when we get started, I, I can do this thing on prayer and I do some principles, but some of the greatest lessons you can learn is by listening to the life of, or watching the life of somebody uh, who has a component of what you've been preaching on or teaching on. And, and, and Tim Wharton can do a lot of things that I can't do, uh, like, like lift certain amounts of weight, <laughs> do all kinds of construction work and stuff. I'll, I, I even have to ask him to come up and help fix my uh, leaky faucet. I know I'm a, I'm a total loser. I know it, but I got things to do. I'm a man of God. No. Uh, no. That's my stupid excuse. It's ridiculous. I'm just a loser. But um, I've watched Tim's life for a long time. And uh, he's a man of prayer. And I, I, I sent him a text about a month ago, and I said, hey, man, I'm going to do this part of this message, but then I want to see, would you be willing to come up and sit up on a platform with me? And, and I want to ask you some questions about your prayer journey. When it started what took place, 
And tell, tell, us, tell us about some of those moments where God spoke to your heart and you saw things happen. And he said, uh, that's scary, but I'll give it a try. And then he said, just pray I don't fall apart while I'm doing it. And I said, no, I'm praying you will, because that'll be the best part of the message right there. So anyway, Tim Morton's coming up here. Come on up, Tim. All right. Yeah, this is Tim Wharton. He's married to my, my sister, my youngest sister, Tracy, of course, and they got 6,000 grandkids, and, uh, and uh, some were hugging me during the worship. That's joy of my, one of the joys of my life. And, uh, but anyway, I just, uh, we just wanted to, uh, we wanted to take a little bit of time. And, um, so, Tim, you have your microphone ready? Test, is it test, turned on? Test. Testing? Got it? Yeah. Everybody? Is it on? This work. What's we all we all do that. Here. We all do. Yeah, there are, aren't they? The good thing is the lights shine. You can't see them that well, so you can just yeah. You don't even know who. I don't even know you're there. I really don't. I hear you, but I don't see. It. Anyway, Tim, Tim, Tim. Um, I know. Uh, I know you weren't born saved, but I. It seems like you were because you. Ever since I've known you, you've really loved Jesus. You never. Really, I've never known a day in your life that I've known you that, to me, uh, you didn't. Uh, show very clearly without even saying it that you love Jesus. And, um, and so, uh, and, and this thought of, um, of praying for our families and, 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 and prayer, can you just kind of take us a little bit on the journey? Where, 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 where was it? How old were you in, in your life when, when it, it wasn't a work, it, it was something that was really in your heart. God started uh, working in your heart to, you know, just seek him. Uh, first, really, it's an honor for me to be here. I appreciate you asking me. And this is really actually an answer to prayer. Because um, in my life, I pray that, that I could honor the Lord. And this is, this is kind of an avenue that um, this, this really is a, a miracle that I can not be. This, you know, I'm not really that nervous right now. And, and I, feel like, I feel like the Lord has, has uh, wanted this time. Um, I didn't really know if I'd ever really come back and really want to do anything publicly um, because I, I used to be a youth leader in that, but I kind of felt like I wanted to take a back seat. I, I'm not really a person that wants to be in the spotlight. Um, but I feel like my life, I'm pri I was privileged to grow up in the church. Um, I was privileged to get saved when I was seven years old. The Lord's really been good. I've never had a desire. I've never had a desire to turn away from Jesus. You know, a lot of times people say, you know, kids got to sow their wild oats. No, they don't. That's a lie. I never wanted my kids to go that way. <clears throat> so I guess that's one reason. Well, I really wanted to pray because, I mean, really, if you think in the physical sense, you're not, you're limited. I mean, you, you're not going to instruct your child. I mean, you don't have the capability to lead your child really in the way they should go. You, you want to pray. I had a privilege of, my dad was a, my dad modeled prayer and he had us kids you know, when I was saved, I mean, he would make sure that we would spend time. That was the first priority of the day. 
is to spend time with with the Lord, and um, and, and that's reading and praying. And we're talking about prayer, but it's really wrapped in with with the Word, and and you know, of course. Um, but the Lord has really has really uh, impacted me that way many times. Like as a young kid, I would look at his prayer list, you know, and he'd have all of us kids, you know, in detail every day. He would pray. And really, that's that's really what I've I've done my whole life is done that, petition off, petition off, what I want to see in my my kids, what I want to see in my family, my wife. So you'd actually write that down. I'd write it down, yeah, and pray about it. Um, I really, we were we were always really. Uh, you know, sports sports kind of fanatics, and and you have you have things that you have a desire to see your kids like you have you have a desire to see your kids like be you know in the NFL or things like that. You pray crazy stuff like that, but I would I would always feel compelled. I was always convicted that I believe prayer prayer is a a way to where we pray in the kingdom. We pray seek first the kingdom. We pray kingdom things first and that's what I always tried to do I felt like the Lord impressed on me I was convicted all the time that instead of going to their things that you want to see them faster stronger improving their stuff the Lord I would pray that they would follow him you know they live for him and grow in wisdom and favor with God and man they um, and you and, and really you could see the Lord in their life uh, um, I, I know I'm going, but I've been thinking about this for three weeks, Tim. Since you, since you had said this to me, I, I mean, it's just been a blessing to me. I, all I could think about is the goodness of the Lord in my life. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. And it's, and you know, you don't, you, you're far from perfect, but you're, you're wanting to, I think when you sit down, the first thing of the day, um, you're actually, you're saying you're going to seek first the kingdom of God. This is, I feel like this is a practical way to do that. All right, so Timmy Wharton gets up at whatever well, First of all, my wife beats me to the punch all the time. She's kind of like my alarm clock. She gets <laughs> up before me at 5. All right. Okay? Between 5.30 and 6, I'm, right, so, I'm, I'm kind of getting ready to, so, to... So you get your... Your big sweet tea or your uh, coffee or whatever, or whatever you get. I, I want, okay, Timmy Wharton goes into wherever he goes, his room, bedroom, whatever, and he sits there or he kneels there, and uh, what's he say? Well, I have where I pray, I pray a lot for Timmy Wharton. Like, um, I don't know if that's a selfish way to do it or not, but I feel like I have to be, I want to be right. You know, I want, I want my life to be, um, uh, I want it to be of value to the people I'm around. I want to honor the Lord. Um, I want it to be meaningful and prosperous, and I want to put it in his hands. That's kind of, probably 60% of my prayer time is me and Jesus. I mean, I want to be the husband, the father that I'm supposed to be. Um, 
I pray over my business and, and the people that I work with, that I present myself right. Um, but again, like, like I have, I have, I pray for each family, you know, I've, I've always prayed for them. I pray for them every day and I pray for the church. I pray for pastor and his family every day. I pray for the board every day. Um, these are things that, that I feel re that's my responsibility. Um, I mean, really what, what as a father for my kids, what really can I do? that would be better than praying for them every day. Think of that, just think of it. I mean, what, I mean you can't, uh, I mean, I, I just feel so inadequate as far as in every way of, you know, you have a family and, and stuff. Um, so. but, but I think pract in a practical sense, practically seeking first the kingdom of God and praying in priority, praying the kingdom over your kids, over your family, over your marriage, um, I think that's important. Have you had Have you had times through the, those years of prayer where, where you know, uh, where you felt like God? Uh, uh, you said you sixty percent in that sixty percent window, where 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 things where God like pointed into your life and said, okay, from here's something new. Here here's a new direction. Here's a new way to think. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stretch you out here. I'm gonna. Do you have any of, of those things that come to mind where where you feel like it was a turning point? Like there's praying, but then there's like okay, you've come to this, and now there's a turning point. You know? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess turning points. I'm not. Uh, I know. I know. Like if you find out some things that are going on, like say your family struggling or something like that. There, those are things that kind of make you kind of tunes you in like man you better be praying or like say like things in the church that uh, maybe that you weren't aware of and it comes to your mind uh, these are things that really say man you better be praying you know I, I think it's I think it's our responsibility I think that's the biggest responsibility I felt like I've had as a parent is to pray for my kids and stuff that's I mean I mean that's kind of the way I look at it that's the least I could do really that's the way I look at it. I know that. Uh, I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, you did. But, uh, but I, <laughs> tell us about. You told me a story about, and then I want to get. I want to get to the. Uh, well, I want to get. I want to get to what I was talking to you before the service about, regarding uh, everybody here. Um, but would you feel at liberty to to kind of talk about? I, I know that it came from a time in prayer, where God. Uh, directed you to in, in, in steps of obedience um, are there any moments like that like were moments where it was like God was calling you to uh, uh, obedience in a deeper manner regarding uh, specific choices or values or uh, directions anything like that yeah one one and and this is kind of this is something I've, I've planned on sharing anyhow for the last two weeks and um, I've been, I'm married. I've been married for 31 years um, to my lovely wife Tracy. Um, but I grew up in the church, and she, you know, I noticed her at a very young age, and I prayed a lot about that. Um, and I was really attracted you, to her. Yeah, I was gonna say, what'd you notice about it? <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, 
I was I was kind of a real shy kid, especially when it came to to ladies. I didn't. I mean, with guys, with guys, I mean, I jerk off and stuff. But but with the ladies, I didn't really have much to say, and that was really an intimidating thing. But I liked her at a real young age. But my point my point is, I've been married that long. I I thought you know I, I liked what I saw. Uh, <laughs> Um, but never did I, okay, this is prayer. I prayed a lot. I mean, probably like if you ever saw how much I prayed about it, it's not because of how spiritual I am. It's how inadequate I am. You you see what I'm saying? Like just prayer to have the courage to ask her out and different things like that. Okay. But anyhow, um, to really see the woman that I was connected with. Okay. Um, I can't even begin <laughs> uh, that everything, she's a complete opposite of me. Um, everything that I need that I got, you know, like intelligence, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, but anyhow, I, I just want to say I, I could not think highly, more highly of a person than I do my wife. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I I see. Would would you look at my kids and stuff? I see her. I see her in them. I, I see her, and and she uh, she is she is a person of excellence, and and that shows in my family, and I, I feel like I I felt. The responsibility to say that. I mean, the Lord has given me an amazing person, <laughs> and I'm just I'm thankful. That's to me, it's a miracle to me that I would, Tim Ward would pick a person like her. It's only it's only the Lord in prayer, Tim. <laughs> and uh, and it's been evident in my family. And I, I just am really grateful to her in that. Uh. Um, I, I wrote a whole message to do this morning and then was going to have Tim come. And, and it wasn't because uh, the, it wasn't so much that I didn't think I could deliver it all and still have this and even do it in a time and space that would be adequate for us. But um, last Sunday morning at the end of the service, a lot of people in both services came to the altar. And uh, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, I don't know how to explain this, but gave me this moment of feeling like there were at the altar and in the sanctuary parents who are really battling fear regarding the future of their kids, the current condition of their kids, um, young moms and dads with little babies and little toddlers. You look at the world and you look at things and you think, and, and, and the fear of that uh, is, is overwhelming. And then I also know that, um, you, know, um, you know, you and I are both um, overwhelmingly blessed and I feel the same way 
that you do regarding what part of this I can attribute to my life, which is very minuscule. But we're very blessed to have our, our kids, our adult kids, uh, living for the Lord. And, uh, and, and my heart empathizes more and more um, for parents who uh, are wondering where, where, where their kids are, uh, wondering how, how they'll navigate something in the future that is a, you know, Satan can throw really good curveballs. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a good at what he does. He's a slanderer. He's a schemer. He's a strategist. And uh, why Paul says never stop praying and pray for wisdom in your kids and perseverance and steadfastness is because there, are, there, there is a, a, a world and a life, right? And, uh, and, and the fear of that can be overwhelming. And then if your kid is older and they're making choices that, that are what you know are, are, are in, are in, seem to be directions that are leading them away from the ways of God, not closer, and you carry that on you, and the enemy comes, and he paints these pictures, and doom and gloom, and what's going to be, and it's bad, and, 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 and people can tell you, oh, we're this, praying, but it just, you carry that. I felt people at the altar last week carrying that. I, I was coming down over the mountain and back into uh, Allegheny County yesterday afternoon, and I felt the Holy Spirit strongly say to me, I want you to tell the people of this church that I'm bigger I'm bigger. Encourage them, encourage them again, regardless of the circumstance they are in, in their parenting, with their kids, their family, that, that, that I reign, that God reigns, and he is able, he is able to, to, to keep that which you commit and entrust to him against that day and those days. Um, I, I just want to say a personal thing, you know, um, I've pastored this church for a long time, and there have been seasons in my life. I've talked about a little, you know, them a couple times. I don't want to get into all that, but through the one of the hardest situations at you know the the end of uh, my first marriage, one of the biggest concerns I had with being in the ministry and hearing the scary stories about, you know, the stereotypical what happens to a pastor's kid or a missionary's kid. You know, a lot of the you hear anyway. A lot of those kids deviate and leave the church and. You know, and all that. They live with the preacher and stuff, so they see the real deal. And, uh, and so when you go through something in, the, in your life like that and you think, man, you know, when, 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 our, when my first marriage ended, you know, the enemy did a really good job of saying to me, you might make it through, but I'm going to take your son out. I'm going to take your daughter out. And, uh, when you, and, and some of you know that there are certain seasons of your life and I walked out into the front yard of my house, and I looked up to God, and I said, God, if, if, if my kids' future in the kingdom, and my ministry and our church depends on me being able to pray and fast and fight the devil, you know I'm done. You know, I don't have it. This guy and many others out there, Kenny, Helen, a lot of you guys, stood by me and prayed for me and my family, my kids. But I know this guy did, and I still have letters that he wrote. Tim, I was praying this morning, and the Lord put you on my heart. Here's what I really want you to be encouraged about. Bam, 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 bam.
And I want to tell you, my son is our director of operations now, loves the Lord. And my daughter and her husband love the Lord, probably watching the live stream, love Jesus. And I just want to tell you, there was a moment in my life where I know you're not supposed to let the devil have ground, but he got in my head. And it was hard for me. And it's, it's no, this is no reflection on my kids' faith, because they had faith. I just didn't have as much. Not in them, but I just, I, I allowed the devil to convince me that he was as powerful as he claims to be. And he is not what he claims to be. I'll say it again, he is not what he claims to be. But who Jesus claims he is, he is all that and more. And he is all powerful. So, go ahead. Okay, what I would like to add too is, like with, when, it, when you're thinking of your kids and all, like certainly pray, but I think too, we talked a little bit about this in home group, um, that as a parent, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, we're responsible for our children up to about 18, and then they go on their own. I mean, it's our responsibility to make sure that the priorities that they are doing is, you know, you're, you're, you're watching and you're making decisions on what's the most important thing in their life. And I mean, I, I, I talk with a lot of, uh, I've talked with a lot of adults, and it just doesn't make sense to me, and these are good Christian people, it doesn't make sense to me, um, you know, I want my kids to be successful in sports and all this other stuff too, but you can't put that ahead of, of the house of the Lord, you can't put that ahead of youth group. I mean, like, like I'm saying, there, there has to be kingdom decisions, I mean... I mean, you're fooling yourself if you're not making those priorities, if you're not doing, making sure your kids are making the right decision. And that's, and, and I'm just going to put that right on your lap. That's your responsibility as a parent. I mean, I think that's huge. I mean, we can pray until we're blue in the face, but if we're not doing actual things, I mean, it's a waste of time. But so. In the way they should go. Right. In, in taking make the most of the opportunities that God avails to us right. in the house of God, the grace of God, and, you know, decisions and guiding. And, and uh, you know, that takes sometimes that takes courage, you know, because you're not always going to get, uh, wow, Dad, that's a brilliant decision that you... Uh, yeah, and that's, that's another thing, too. Like, a kid's not capable of seeing your perspective. They're, it's kind of like... It kind of gives us an illustration of God to us, us to our child. Like they don't see the perspective that we see. We're looking down the road. They're looking right now. And, and you've been given that, that capability yeah. to guide your children, you know. Well, um, we're going to have the band come back up. And, uh, you know, someone asked me, how do you want to end this? Well, what I... What I'd like to do is, uh, you know, kind of continue from last weekend. And, and like I said, I addressed, you know, some of, some of us, you know, in, in, the, in the early 2000s, if I would have been sitting out there in a moment like this and hearing a guy like that that would be giving me hope in the circumstance that my life was in at the moment where 
I was flying blind and hoping against hope, you know, and, and giving too much ground in my head to the lies of the enemy and uh, about what was going to happen to me and our church and my family, etc. And I, I, needed to, I needed prayer. I needed, I needed to know that I needed to, I would have come out of the closet if I would have been sitting here today back then if I was a pastor taking a break through the, t- I never took a break. That was the dumbest thing ever, but I never took a break. And I would have come up, if nobody else, to the altar and would have been hoping that somebody would have, you know, not necessarily had answers for me, but just wrapped me up in their faith and just said, God, I don't even know who this guy is, but touch his life today. Help him as he's waiting on the elevator to go up. Help him not to leave the door. Help him to believe. Help her to stand. You know? So if that's you today, or if you're a mom with the what ifs and dads with the what ifs about next year, and the, I mean, my goodness, you turn on the radio and, okay, okay, what day's the coronavirus coming out again? I mean, it's like, what? Every. You know, you can, that stuff can get in you so, so far embedded in the what-ifs that it's hard to see kingdom and vision and all. You just, you'd be survival mode. And some of us have fallen prey to a lot of that prognostication. And I think the Lord wants to remind us today of how powerful he is, how awesome he is. Hey, look, I have hope that if God could find me, he can find my kid. If God can get a hold of my life, he can get a hold of anybody's life. So I want us to stand as the band leads us. Tim, I want to, let, I want to ask if you would maybe to pray a prayer. As God leads you to pray it, pray a prayer. And just pray a prayer that, that's on your heart. And when this prayer ends and the band plays... I want to invite anybody who wants to come and, 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 and find a place for prayer before the Lord in the presence of God, that he sees you and knows you and wants to meet with you today in a life-changing way. All right? Jesus, have your way, Lord, and do what you want to do. make us into the people you want us to be. Lord, help us to be the, the dad and the mom you want us to be, leading our kids in the way that they should go, I pray. Jesus, I pray over the congregation. I pray their hearts would be open to you and that they'd give their lives to you fully, completely to you. Lord, whatever you want us to do, help us to do it. Speak to us, Jesus. Speak to people to to turn around and go in the right direction. Lead them in the way they should go, I pray. I'm just going to ask you to come and find a place. Let me just say this, too. As you were praying, I thought of two things. I thought my mother, my mother's in her early 80s, just had a birthday a couple days ago. Back when I was 17 and a half years old, going in a very bad direction. On a Wednesday night, she came to an altar 
had a railing. She laid across it. And that night, it was like an altar she built and said, God, I just surrender my kids to you. Within a a few months, maybe even sooner, little did she know the Holy Spirit was convicting me so powerfully, so deeply, that I was miserable. I was so miserable. And I needed God in my life, and nobody knew that I was even open. But I marked that that night my mother turned to God, and God turned to me. Dad, make an altar. I mean, bring your insecurities and bring your, your your, your, your faults and Maybe, maybe everybody in the house, maybe you feel like you've lost all of integrity and you've lost the ability to, to take that stand and lead that way. Dad, listen. I'm feeling this in the, in the Holy Spirit. Some people go up to pray and they say, Lord, I thank you that I've got it together and I know the word and others and other that. And then Jesus said, there was other guy came up and he said, Lord, I can't even lift my head up. You know me. I, 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 I don't even, even know. I don't even belong. Be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. Jesus said, that guy, that guy went home with God working in his life. I feel that so strongly. And I don't mean there isn't a mom that way, but dad, dad, God's calling your name. In your first move into a new leadership influence is to the altar of God. And let him move from there. Come on and meet us here. We'll pray with you. We'll pray with you. In Jesus' name, amen.